you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This would be from 48 yards out. And this this has been a year about Vinatieri and, and making some great kicks against the Raiders. Two of the greatest kicks that I've ever seen in my life. Here comes one of greater importance if he makes it. And it's right down the pipe. Adam Vinatieri. No time on the clock. And the Patriots have won Super Bowl 36. Unbelievable. The Dave Damashek Football Program, available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. There you have it, 17 years ago, the start of a dynasty. A dynasty, perhaps the dynasty in the history of pro football. Hi and hello. I hope all's well wherever you are here in Atlanta, Georgia. On the cusp of Super Bowl 53, I am seated next to one of the guys who was out there on the field in New Orleans 17 years ago, Super Bowl 36, Willie McGinnis, 55. This is just before he started his legendary run with the Cleveland Browns. How are you, Willie? I'm doing great. Is what there a any pleasure. reason? Well, we got a bigger stage and everything looks nice. Yeah. We're at Super Bowl. Right. Um, did you get bigger? Did you order bigger mics so you could seem more important? These mics are huge. <laughs> it is a little bit silly. Hey, but it's Super Bowl 53. Everything's got to be huge. Go big or go home. That's right. Something okay. like that. All Isn't right. that what you guys say? I got, I got hey, you. Coming up on the show, uh, a couple more big names for you. Okay. A Hall of Famer, Jerome Bettis, number 36, is coming up. And number four from your Houston Oilers, a future um haymaker i suspect in uh, in january's to come we'll see how all that works out but it's deshaun watson so, so that's going to be fun we'll Let's catch up with him and willie i want to talk to you about so many different things right. in uh, the time we have here where to go you first of all at uh, at opening night out there super bowl opening night in uh, in the hawks arena you were you were all over the place on there. If you were watching NFL Network, first of all, you caught up with your pal Tom Brady. How were his spirits? He's great. He seems like he's in great spirit. Um, that isn't that right? Highly, highly motivated. He seemed like real at ease, real relaxed. He seemed like he was just, you know, joyed, overjoyed to for him and his teammates to be to have another opportunity at this game. And I don't know if it's because there was so much doubt. Or I think you kind of feel that way after you put in so much work to get here and this is the final chapter getting here and being here. You know, not 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 being satisfied that you're here, but look, we did it. We got here and we know how to finish. We've done we've been here before. Well, last year and the year before, so 
Well, listen, you've been around winning situations like this, teams that, uh, you know, on on Super Sunday ended up completing the deal. Right. Did you pick up from the Rams or from the Patriots any similar vibes of, oh, yes, this reminds me of our team in that year that we won it all? Well, I mean, the teams are so different. I mean, me and Kurt was talking about that 17 years ago. Um, I think the Patriots got about five or six people in the building that's, you know, outside of ownership that played in that game, that was a part of that game, coaches and players, Tom being the only player, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and when you talk about similarities of the game, um, not so much, more even, evenly across the board. I think it was a little wopsided when we went because nobody gave us a shot. Um, Talent-wise. Oh, well, wait, that's not any different because according to Tom Brady, everybody thinks uh, the Patriots suck, right? Well, that's, that's, if that's the train they're riding into. Come on with that job. That's the train. He doesn't even believe Listen, it. that's the train they're riding into Mercedes-Benz Dome, right? Arena, whatever they're calling it these days. That's, that's what you have to use. And people are dismissing that now, Dave, but... Six weeks ago, there were a lot of people counting You're the Patriots right. out. That's Everybody. Fair. The new hot shiny toy in Kansas City and Pat Mahomes. Phillip Rivers is finally his year and it's red hot. The best team that nobody's talking about, the Chargers. Like, there's a lot of storylines and there's a lot of teams that people were talking about. Baltimore Ravens. Nobody wants to play the Ravens right now. They're the toughest, most physical team, hottest team in football. Think about it. Deshaun Watson and them, if they don't lose that one game, they're the number two seed. I, you know what? I have already talked to Bettis and I talked to Eight Watson and I brought that one up to him. Yeah. I said, is the one, is the toughest, I said that to him, What is the week 15 loss to the Eagles the one that, that sticks in your one. craw? Because that swings the whole AFC that side. That changes everything. Yep. That puts, you know, that if, 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 the, if they win that game, that puts the Patriots on the road as a wild card. Exactly, right. So... And, Right, you know, three road games just to it. get there to the There was a lot one. of other teams in the AFC people were excited about outside of the Patriots. That's fair, and I said, because you know me, Willie, I'm a, I'm a man of great integrity and honor, <laughs> and I uh, I summoned Tom Brady's eyes, and we locked them, uh, and surrounded by hundreds, but we were the only two fellows in the room, and I said, man to man, Tom, I'm one of the people who doubted you, and I apologize. Do you know what he said to me? That's okay, I love you. Yeah, he told a lot of people that. He's like, you don't, you don't hate haters, you love them. He told you me love he loved me. There you That's go. so nice. I feel like he was. Don't you, don't make it seem cheap. He, he because told he you said he loved you, and he put you in the in the little pit, the little pit of all the haters and all the doubters, and he just goes into that pit and opens up, and takes a peek in, and he gets motivated, and he goes back to work. <laughs> That's what he does. He stores all that, and he goes back to work. Wait, so you don't think he actually loves me then? I don't think he actually loves you. Wow. Well, uh, he that... loves the hate you give. I see. I guess <laughs> I get it. I, it is crazy, though, Willie. I, you know, I love talking to you about the psychology of being a high-end pro athlete. Right. And I, it just doesn't make any sense. It would be one thing if you're 11 years old and, so, <laughs> and like, some coach would, hey, I don't think they think you're good. Like, you, I'll show them. How can that work on, on grown me, human me, beings over and over this. again? Okay, you, you, you have a, a very successful podcast. And you're on TV and you're doing – different things if you read something where a certain critic was breaking down all the different podcasts across the country and it got to you right and this one critic was just breaking things down so negative talking all these bad things about you would would you would you would it would it yes would it, would but it i'm vain i'm you? pathetic would i'm, I'm insecure right. yes but i'm a pathetic loser so insecure guy i'm so, not tom brady so look at this from this point of view when you've had so much success in so many different ways, records, wins, championships, divisions, AFC, whatever you can think of, right? Mm -hmm. And then your team is going through some ups and downs, right? And people start throwing things at you. What, like, what is, what is there left to grab? and help yourself get motivated besides the fact we're not playing good. I don't deny that. We're not it playing is. good. We got to play better technique. You know, right. the normal stuff that the coaches and everybody will tell you, you know, we're making mistakes. We're beating ourselves, though, all the cliche stuff. But then you get a couple media outlets and you get some people who played the game at a high level and they're saying, oh, 
Andy Reid's going to outcoach Belichick, and Pat Mahomes is should be the MVP, and he's going to outscore Brady. And you just you listening to it from a lot of different angles, a lot of different places. You're like, you know what? Thank you. I needed that. I needed that kick in the butt. You guys gave it to me at the right time, and my teammates for that matter. And we're about to go to work. I'll I'll tell you this. I I obviously don't know Tom it works. Brady. I, it does work. It just it boggles my mind. Because is it just time not the or is it one. everybody? Everybody does this. Every every team right. that wins a championship in any sport does the no one believes. If you're in competitive, us. right? Right. Um, the uh, so so anyway. By the way, did you see Wade Phillips? I didn't. I saw a jacket he came with off the plane. He had his cowboy gear on. See, that's the work that I do, Willie. That's the stuff that satiates my soul. Right. I, f- for months, chase Wade. This would be a great tribute to your father, Bum, and and so he, he did listened. it. It was a thrill on uh, opening night for he him listened. to say thank you to me. I said, oh, my, what, a, what a thrill you gave me. Boyhood right. me, nerd, loving football growing up, watching your old man. He did it. Yeah, it was really neat that. Good for he, you. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was cool. But one thing we know about, uh, I just wanted to squeeze that in because, like I mentioned, I'm vain and I like I know, to You like to self-promote. The, That's fine. It. So no, what? That's okay. That's all right. We That's know you. different ways. I'm not Tom Brady. Tom Brady needs his fire. I I light uh, my own fire in a certain way. I don't you know always light means. your own fire too. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> I like to set fires and then watch other people's situations burn a little bit too. That's a subject for another time. Willie, one thing we know that you're not supposed to do, or that there's very little, if any, evidence of having success in going this route, is talking stuff to Brady. You can say we doubt you, but don't directly insult the man or the team, right? And yet, Nikel Roby Coleman couldn't help himself. What do you make about what he had to say? I think it's just the inexperience of a guy being in a game like that. And, you know, you can think. I respect you what you think and how you feel as a player, as a man. But the one thing you don't do is you don't expose that to the world or to the player you're talking about. Um, at 19 years in, I would say, yeah, his skills have diminished. All of us. If you play the game long enough, in my 15th season, I was like, dang, I can't, I can't get to that spot like I used to. Hmm. So I got to be smarter up top and be able to move differently. Um, you do understand that. But when you publicly go out and let somebody take a statement and you go on and on and on and you're breaking down this guy that has – has not really ever relied on pure talent mm-hmm. off of his success. It's never been about his, his arm strength. It's never been about his speed, his athletic ability. It's never, ever been about that with Tom Brady. I don't think we've ever praised him about that. Um, we've praised him about being able to make people around him play better, be able to be smarter than everybody else, being able to be deadly in key situations and do everything he needs to do. The consistency, I can go on and on. He's He he is imminently charming and charismatic and all of that. And, you know, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm throwing stuff at him he's on Monday night. He's a pretty night. boy. He's a baby-faced assassin is what he is. But, but what, well, but the 41-year-old Brady comes across as totally at peace and relaxed and philosophical he was saying you know you right now i'm about (laughs) gathering these moments because at the end we as humans that's all we have i'm like wow can i tell you something private we talked about one thing i talked to him privately about because i did a sit down with tom before all that and you can watch that on thursday on nfl network sunday oh i'm sorry it's on game day morning yeah game day morning on sunday um the one thing we talked about and i said i said tom you do realize and understand what you're doing in the moment right now from the time you've started will probably never, ever, ever be duplicated again. And we kind of paused. And I was like, you got to, like, you have to process that. Mm -hmm. And it's tough for him to process stuff like that because then if for him it's like, okay, I've, I've, I've opened up and I've let down or I've taken a break or I've become complacent. That's how his mind worked. Like, like we're all, we were all like that. I'm not playing anymore, so I can let myself do that. He's still playing, so he still thinks like that. So he doesn't let those type of moments or thoughts enter his, his to brain. To be present. You don't have present. time to. No. It's like if I started thinking like that, that's saying I'm done and I'm over. Like he immediately went to that. I'm like, bro, I get it. I get it. But at the end of the day, 
this will never be duplicated again. Maybe in, in any sport, basketball, baseball, football, any sport, the run you've been on, think about it. And I was like, if you win your sixth ring, there's nobody in football that's ever put on a uniform that can say that. Charles, Charles Haley same, has five. The same number of rings as the proudest Super Bowl era franchise, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's franchise, have as a not group, individual player. He would have six himself. Which as a player. I, it just, it, it right. really is insane. And he's and looking at me and he's thinking about it like, yeah, but then he snaps back into to game mode, to play mode, to I can't let anything infiltrate my mindset and, and take me away from the from the task at hand. And I, I'm like, I completely hear why he maintains that train of thought, but I hear you completely and you get wistful. I wish I would have been appreciated it in right. the moment. I was on the field once the first year I was working at NFL Network and Michael Irvin and I was an out of body experience for me with the, you know, the legendary Michael Irvin having a catch at Indianapolis on the in the Dome Stadium, right. throwing it around. And he turned once, I threw it to him in the corner of the end zone and he toe tapped it and he turned around to an empty stadium and sort of did his classic pose. And I said, what was that like? I said, to, to look up and have people, to have tens of thousands cheering for you in the moment. And he said, well, you know, you know, I've had my fun. I've had a lot of fun in this world. You know, he went on and on about all that. And he said, but there's just, he, he, he got almost wistful, but it was poetic as well. Like, it's like, there's just, there's just nothing like that moment it's when you get to do that. And and uh, so it seems like Brady is at least doing his best, perhaps, because 55 encouraged him to do so, to drink it in and, it. And, and enjoy you it. You have to, right? Yeah. No, it's that's awesome stuff. You're exactly right. It is not hyperbole to say that what we're watching is history and we're a part the of it. The other thing that he mentioned that he said publicly that this team won't be the same next year. Remember, he said that yeah. weeks ago. He was like, certain guys won't be here. Things are going to change. Everybody took that and ran with it, but it's true. Every time you go to a Super Bowl, you have a lot of success every season. There's a lot of changes in the locker room, whether it's coaches leaving, players leaving, free agency, whatever the case may be. So he's like, guys, like, understand that. Things are going to be different next year as well. So let's soak it all in and enjoy it and go out and, and, and play like it. The thing I believe, and then we'll wrap it up and move on to Bettis and, uh, and to uh, Deshaun Watson, is the thing that's striking. I know it sounds like almost empty rhetoric or straight football talk, but when he talks about, I don't care, I just want more points than the other team. Right. That's all I want. I, there's, something, there's something about that that is square and sincere, and it doesn't come with, and I know I'm our best option to make us win, so I'm going to put it on my shoulders. It is truly diagnosing like it makes sense for me to give the ball to the running back 25 times today and there's no there's seemingly no ego in it although you know he has a super competitive super way about him but but that transcends the ego of I'm so good at football it's just about what what play is going to get us the most yards right now well you know what fascinating to watch and you can look at it from this lens if you're great right and you've done so many great things you really don't care if it's on you this time. It could be somebody oh, else's yeah, turn right. You're free to shine. To that burden, yeah, right. because you've done it so many times. You've been the MVP of the league. You've been the MVP of the Super Bowl. You've done it so many times. But when 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 Roby Coleman said that about him, <laughs> listen, this is this is interesting because it's to your point. He flipped it. He didn't go back at him angry. He didn't say anything negative. He said, "You know what? You're right." That's why we have so many other great players that can do so many things. And I love handing the ball off to James White and Rex Burkhead and Sonny Michelle. Or I love getting Gronk on a one-on-one on the outside. Or Edelman on the choice route out of the slot, you know. Or Cordero Patterson on a speed sweep or some type of – he started breaking all these different ways down that they can still hurt you mm-hmm. if he's not playing great football. So I thought it was pretty masterful how he kind of took all that negativity and turned it into something positive – and took it off of him and highlighted his teammates. He want because he, he doesn't want the curse of supposed to weigh in heavy on his shoulders. You know about that, Willie. You know, that, that's no good. <laughs> no one wants that burden. All right, McGinnis, you go, go do your. Uh, so Sunday, game day morning. Don't miss it. One, I mean, Tom one, Brady interview the one on one. I mean, really, if anybody beyond Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, uh, he opened signifies, up. He opened up a lot in this interview. He's really? usually pretty buttoned up, but he opened up. Did a he lot. tell you he loved you? 
Of course. He told me that as soon as he walked so in the door. Apparently, he's telling everybody Hello. that this week. And Willie McGinnis isn't alone. Uh, give me, you've been the you've been the Patriots whisperer for the last six weeks. You've really laid out week after week how it's going to go. You told us going into the title game it was going to be James White and Sony Michelle. So it was. Give us the final score, Super Bowl Fifty Three. It's, it's what's today, Tuesday. All right, it's too soon. It's I Tuesday. keep telling everybody. You know what it is? It's, I'm still learning. I'm still. Don't watching be offended, things. Willie. Yeah. It's thirty-four to twenty-four at Los Angeles wow. Rams. You got that already. That's right. I'm glad you watched all that tape already, and you've now already got your pick ready to go. Tell me. I don't need tape. Right. I got my gut, and it tells me what's okay. going to happen. Well, if that's the case, that gut's pretty full. I don't. I mean, I don't even know what that I That gut's did pretty full. You know attack. what that means, right? Yeah, they get. When they, your gut they, tells you there's a lot in there. MVP so. gets the joke. All right, it's hysterical, <laughs> McGinnis. All right, go ahead, fifty-five. Go. Can be we get pleased smaller with, microphones? It's yeah, hard we'll get to smaller hold this microphones. I'm going to get a smaller belly. Like We're going to fix everything. There he goes, everybody. Browns legend Willie McGinnis. Make sure you see him on game day morning. And uh, in between all that, he's going to be doing all sorts of stuff on uh, Super Bowl Live on NFL Network. Great year. Good times this season. Look forward to talking to you after the season. But it's been uh, a delight to kibitz with you about pro football Always. all through the season. Really fun and appreciate it, Willie. You make the show much better. Um, all right, let's get to it now. Let's hear a little bit about Willie's favorite pro football team, the mess that is the Pittsburgh Steelers with one of their legends, Jerome Bettis. Dave. Dave. Hey, everybody. The biggest sporting event of the year is coming up this Sunday. Don't miss out on the final opportunity to play fantasy football this season with Single Game Showdown, the newest way to play at DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports. DraftKings is ending the season with a bang by offering new users a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. Oh, yes, this one is going to be juicy. You know the matchup. You know what you think is going to happen. Now all you have to do put your money where your mouth is something like that i think that's what they say so go to draftking.com or download the app right now for a limited time if you use the code dave d-a-v-e to enter the all-new single game showdown contest for free this sunday with your first deposit and you can compete for the one million dollar top prize that's code dave d-a-v-e only at DraftKings. the game inside the game minimum five dollar deposit required that's you know that's like only $5 more than nothing. So really, it's almost like nothing to play in this one last chance single game showdown. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, this is always exciting for me. Every time I get a chance to catch up with this guy, he is one of the true legends in the black and gold. And that's saying quite a thing. He wears a ring on his finger. And uh, it's number 36, Jerome Bettis. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. What a pleasure to see you once again, Jerome. First in, uh, first of all, right out of the gate, tell us what's going on with uh, with FedEx. Well, I'm working with FedEx and, and the, uh, the Air and Ground uh, uh, Award winner because the last 16 years they've had uh, a FedEx Ground and Air uh, winner every week. And so this is the culmination again of that. And the winner is going to be awarded at the NFL Honors uh, this Saturday. But you can still vote. You can vote at um, the NFL Twitter page or NFL.com slash FedEx uh, for the FedEx Ground winner and the FedEx Air winner. And you've got some, some great guys on both sides of that. But the, the, the really special part about this program is that $20,000 in the name of the winners on the ground and the air, $40,000 total, is going to be donated to the USO. And the program is called the Pathfinder Program. It's, and, it, and it's really used to help the servicemen, women, uh, and their spouses you know, become acclimated back to civilian life. And, and uh, it's a great program, great outcome, and it's some great players that have the opportunity to win. Wonderful stuff. Yeah, a worthy cause and uh, and a fascinating one. Everybody loves debating who's the best. Let's do that yeah. right now. Going into 2019, and let's say it's only for 2019. We're not okay. doing five years. We're doing just for the 2019 season. 
go ahead, tell me. You get to choose the guy you who's delivering the ball through the air. Who do you oh, want? Oh wow! So so the one the, year. The, the three guys who are up is Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, and Philip Rivers, and all three worthy guys. But if I had to pick one of these guys for for nineteen, I would have to go with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, what he's done in just one season, he's electrified the NFL. He's he's changed um, Kansas City's offense. I mean, totally. But what he's been able to do and how he's been able to throw the football, just incredible. Um, before we talk about some other uh, some things uh, back on the banks of the Three Rivers, um, it occurs to me that you made a pretty savvy move. I remember you. We've talked before. I loved uh, watching you in the Superdome with Notre Dame wearing that green six. Yeah. Which was weird because you're a big dude, and so when you wear the single digit, it doesn't look right. Didn't right. Stefan to it? Take your six at Notre Dame? He had um, or a nine. I think maybe. he had nine. Either way, nine. big dudes like you shouldn't be allowed to do it because it makes it hard to evaluate you for the next level. That's funny. Yeah, well, the number well, doesn't suit you. Well, what you had to remember is when I was there, all the other running backs had single digit numbers. So I was it was about being like Rick Meyer had number right, three. Right, right. Dorsey Levins, who went on who transferred, he had number four. Uh um Ricky Waters had twelve. Um, Rodney Culver, who was a big brother to me, he had number five. So it was, it was a, the thing you were was just single digits. Ball. You were keeping so, up yeah, with the I Joneses. was being part of the group. But I think this, I think you made a pretty savvy choice in 36 because whether you knew it at the time or not, you're the greatest 36 in football history. See, Did you ever think about that? Well, I didn't think about it because that was my number in high school. And, the, and what happened was I wanted 36 when I went to Notre Dame, but there was a guy you know, um, Russ Grimm, right? Sure. He had a, his brother, he had a, a younger brother named Don Grimm, and Don Grimm was number 36. I couldn't get the number, hmm. so I wanted either three. I couldn't get three because Rick Meyer had three, so I got six. So that's how I ended up with number six. And then when I got to the NFL, I went back to my high school number, which was 36. I love either way. It worked out. It well. worked out. It Look worked at out. that for for eternity, or at least until somebody comes along and knocks right. off. Right, it was a better number for, 36, right? Yeah, right. For now, though, yeah, you can rest easy as knowing you're the That's, greatest I, in pro football that. history. I love that. Um, you know, we're talking about best and uh, you know best mm -hmm. thrower of the football, best run. Let's say here's what I think is a little unsatisfying. The Heisman Trophy, we all know what that looks like, the, the uh, iconic pose and all that. But the NFL version of it, the NFL MVP, nobody could tell you what it looks like. And ergo, we, we struggle to conjure who's won it. Let's say Jerome Bettis has a choice. Who should it be named after and what would the pose be? NFL MVP going forward. Wow. That's a good question. NFL MVP, who yeah. should it be named after? Yeah, think about it. Man, that's a that's a really really good one. And then um, I want you to show me what pose you think would be best for it. Oh man, I don't know if there's a pose because it could be any position. So you get can't put a guy running or guy throwing because it really it doesn't serve the purpose. I think the pose would be a guy with a helmet underneath his arm just kind of standing. Yeah, well, you, know, you got, you got, the, that, you got the Peyton a, that's Award. A, that's a, that's a, right, that's the Peyton Award. That's the coolest of that all cool, trophies. I love that that's trophy. That's an amazing trophy. But uh, that that's a tough one. Who should it be named after? Uh, mean Joe Green. That's a, that's, that's a tough one, too, because there's so many great players throughout the years. Well, choose. It's hard. I can't choose. 36. I'm telling you, it's your choice. Choose one. They're not going to make it tonight or anything. Like, just throw out a I name. No, but I mean, who do you throw out? Um, man, it's hard. Bubby to throw Brister? No. Uh, no, I'm trying to think. Who do you throw? Be you immodest. Go MVP. ahead. Who, be immodest. Say 36. No, no. No, can't be you. you. Would, I think you'd have to. It, it, it had to be a. Um, ooh, wait a second. That's a tough one. You, you're right. stumping me, man. I, can't right. believe, I don't believe I'm stumped now. That's actually a good question. Ooh, Stump Mitchell, stump. number 30 from the Cardinals. Um, <laughs> oh, you're hilarious. I love that one, but 30, you got me. 36, you know, you may have heard since you retired, there's been an ongoing devaluation, allegedly, in the running back position. 
and even in uh, your old stomping grounds, James Conner did a, a good job. Maybe he didn't take care of the ball as well as his predecessor yeah, yeah. there. Nevertheless, had a nice he season. a little bit. Do you think it amounts to Levy and Bell getting what he wants, or is he going to be disappointed ultimately as he goes into free agency? You know, I, I think um, it may the the emergence of James Conner may prevent the Steelers from looking at uh, retaining him. Uh, Do you think that's a realistic thing that they would tag him a third time and? Take that $25, $26 million hit, that seems impossible. Right? I don't think so. But I think because, because he never signed it, never played, I don't know if that if that year would count. It does. That was a, does a, a point of major confusion. It, so it does on count. On both sides, it does. Right. It does not revert back to the second year since he didn't sign. Yeah, it would be the, It'd be the, the 25 year, right, 26 right. million, whatever so, it is. Right. So that seems as though that that would preclude them from – wanting to do something like that, which would mean that he would then become a free agent, I think. And so, uh, but the disappointing part, I think he he won't command the same type of number had it been a year earlier. So I think that's going to be the challenging part for him. Um, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that um, he could he could still be in Pittsburgh. Not It's, it's possible, but not probable. Mm-hmm. Well, you're more optimistic than I. I, I, yeah. I, I would be, because a year ago we we talked and you said he was essential to what the Steelers want to do offensively. Yeah, they needed to have him, yeah. and ultimately that was proven correct. But they did almost still sneak in there. But now everybody back there, I don't have to tell you, is playing the blame game um, and pointing fingers. Whether it was Levy and yeah. Bell, whether it's Antonio Brown, Roethlisberger, Tomlin. I know you've answered the question a bunch of times but satiate me and do it for me right now. Yeah. Who, I mean, who are you looking at as sort of culpable in the last, you know, six months? Everyone from ownership who, who ultimately allowed for the, the culture, um, the head coach, the coaches, and most importantly, the players. Because Coach Tomlin kind of gave them some room to kind of – self-police themselves and clearly they failed uh he failed in recognizing that sooner that they needed uh a little bit more structure right and from an ownership standpoint they failed because they weren't able to spot it as well and so when you look at it everybody's at fault and it's going to take everybody to to fix it because it's you know and i think you see from an ownership perspective, that what they're doing is they've kind of moved some coaches out that they that that and and they're now saying, hey, we're going to add some coaches that we like from a structure standpoint that maybe Coach Tomlin doesn't necessarily agree with, but that option is taken mm-hmm. away from him, and I think he's going to tighten down. I think the players got to understand they've got to tighten down. So I think everybody has to come and understand that. We were all complicit, and we all have to make it right. A couple quick thoughts slash questions for you. One, where Tomlin is concerned. You know, as far as I gathered, you know, uh, in my in my travels and talking to, to guys like yourself, I feel like all of a sudden the, the notion that, you know, well, certain guys are held to a different standard, things are a little looser, that's existed and continues to exist on – virtually every pro football team, including the Patriots. Obviously, the best point of reference is the Cowboys of the early 90s. Are, isn't that pretty much status quo to let to, to let your stars play by a different set of rules? If they can handle. Uh. If they can handle that. And so you as a coach has to have to figure out who can handle what. Uh, because everybody can't handle everything. And, and that's always been the case. You always deal with some guys differently. Some guys you got to get in their face. Some guys you don't have to. Some guys you, you got to, you know, um, allow certain things. Some guys you don't have to. So you need to know who can handle, who can deal with what. And I think what happened was he allowed everyone kind of all the, the key guys to have uh, a little bit more leeway than understanding that 
it should be specific situations for each guy. And I think that's a lesson that he learned. Uh, obviously, this was his first time coaching, and so this was his first time ever having to deal with mm-hmm. a scenario like this, right, where you look at all these other coaches and you see a lot of people talk about Belichick and he runs a tight ship. Well, he's done this quite a few times, so he knows, you know what, this has worked in the past, this doesn't work in the past. And he's developed his philosophy from those experiences. And the same thing has to happen with Coach Tomlin. And then where Ben Roethlisberger is concerned, if you, I mean, you you were there at the early part of his career, and by all accounts from guys in the locker room that I've spoken with, he wasn't necessarily at that point the leader, right. but that vacuum was filled by, on your side, by you and right. Heinz Ward and so on. And on defense, there were plenty of leaders as well. Is that the issue, or is, does Roethlisberger at this late, late stage of his career, I, to me it seems a little unfair, you're pot committed to number seven if you're the Steelers organization he's your quarterback there is no uh but is it fair is it reasonable that he could possibly change his approach or does he need to from where you sit well well, where i sit i think everybody has to assess and i'm sure there's some things that ben can do uh to to benefit the organization the team uh and it's not just the organization it's more the team mm-hmm. and i think yeah there are some things that that he can do uh, definitely i think everybody to a man has to address it and they all have to do better because clearly there was a systemic breakdown throughout the entire process so everybody needs to look at themselves and say hey we got to figure out a better way because from 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 Ben's standpoint, his leadership, you know, in terms of making sure that those guys underneath him understands how the standard is set, is set, the standard rather, in terms of how you practice, how you how you go about being a professional. All those things have to be set, and and he's the guy to set it. All right, listen, always a thrill to catch up with uh, number 36. You know what? If 26 doesn't work out, maybe 36. You could go for like six, 700, I, I, right? I wish, I We wish. could use you in specialty situations, like red zone specialist 36 is going in. Well, right? since we'll Tom Brady's it. going at me at his, right. at his advanced age, at my advanced age, I might be able to get it done. He doesn't get the corner of the market on that. I know, right? Tell That's me about right. it. All right, and you let me know when you think about who you want to be the NFL Man. MVP trophy. Gosh. In the meantime, Jerome Bettis, the FedEx Air and Ground NFL Players of the Year Awards. Go vote on it. You can do so up and through Thursday, January 31st until 3 p.m. Eastern time, and it'll be announced on NFL Honors, right? Thank you, yeah. Good to see you, Jerome. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Dave Damashek. Jerome has gotten in touch with me. Update. His answer, Johnny Unitas. We still have to figure out what the pose is going to be. But all right, in the meantime, here comes a current quarterback and a star one at that, number four from the Houston Texans. Here's Deshaun Watson. How? <laughs> That's Dave Damashek. If you know me, you know I have one true love, TV. Clean up your remote control clutter in time so you can watch on your TV the Super Bowl with Control Center by Cavo. Plug in your streamer, your sound system, your cable or satellite, even your game console, and Control Center does it all. Control Center simplifies your home theater so you can control everything connected to your TV with one easy-to-use remote with voice control. Don't fumble with different remotes or run out the clock with messy search results. You don't have time for that on Super Sunday. Just say what you want to watch, and Control Center takes you right there. Like, for instance, you could say... I want to watch Super Bowl 53. Get it? Got it? Good. One universal voice remote controls it all, so all you need to do is say watch any given Sunday, and Control Center by Cavo handles the rest. Any given Sunday, the Patriots could beat the Rams, or the Rams could beat the Patriots. Savvy? Great. Be the MVP of your Super Bowl party with Control Center so you can finally get off AV duty and bring back the joy to watching TV. Shop now just in time for Super Sunday and get 40% off Control Center with promo code DAVE, D-A-V-E. That's $59.95. In other words, 40% off 
the regular pricing of $99.95. Control Center is available at Cavo, C-A-A-V-O.com, and Best Buy, Control Center by Cavo, one remote that really does do it all. Deshaun Watson, the night you were drafted, I gave you a toaster. You still have it? I do. Uh, I always tell you before the show, it's, it's at my mom's house, but it's probably behind a whole bunch of different stuff. But I definitely didn't throw it away. It feels good to give, you know? Yeah, it's nice for sure. to give <laughs> a, a, as much as it is to receive. Uh, first of all, before we say anything else, tell us about Old Spice, what you're doing here with us. Yeah, so I'm partnering with Old Spice. Um, they have an all new, uh, fresher collection uh, for men. Um, they have, you know, more opportunity to have more body wash and more scent. So uh, it's moisturized with shea butter and get it at Walmart. Very nice. Uh, Deshaun Watson, who is your smelliest teammate? Who could smelliest stand, uh, you know, soap up a little bit more? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't, I haven't, haven't been able to have too many opportunities to get too close to nobody. So uh, no one around my locker is very smelly. So. Can I tell you an idea that I've had, and I've told a bunch of guys about this, no one's really done it as far as I know. I Don't, like before a playoff game next time, just don't shower for a whole week and then smell really bad and then people won't want to tackle you. True? Uh, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I think it might be. I don't know. They're going to make sure they're going to make that tackle on the other team or at least try to. Maybe one, but after that they'll be like, ooh, he was so bad. I don't know if I want to do that again. Yeah, you know? I don't think. I don't know. Okay. We tried. Um, Deshaun, were you true or false? Let's not jive here. All right. All right. We only have a few moments together and I, let's be straight with each other here. Were you a little happy that Clemson didn't win the national championship last year? Because that would have been like that would have been mean spirited to you. It would have made you seem incidental. No, I was. You said if I was a little happy that they yeah, did. Yeah, were you like, well, no, good because if they mad. won without me right after I left, then I don't know. No, know? I mean that's the whole point. That's the whole point. You know, kind of continue to stack. You know, it's, it's bigger than me, and so you know I wanted to win too, but I got one. If they would have won it after. You know, I want to win. Hopefully, Trevor win. You know, bat the bat. No, know, so I don't buy that. That's cool. what you want. Why not? Because you're the best in Clemson football history. I can still be the best and not, you know, have three national championships. I don't. You know what? I, with all due respect, if Lawrence wins two in a row, people will talk otherwise. They might. And then they what? might. I mean, it's still got to give respect. Respect is and. We'll see what's up. But I'm not that type of person. So You want to be number one, though, don't you? You want to be the best of all time, right? Uh, I mean, of course. But, I mean, that's not, that's not the main thing that I'm thinking about. Okay, let's talk about this then. Why is it that every team does this business about how no one believes in them, including the five-time world champion New England Patriots. What is the nonsense about, like, no, everybody thinks we stink, no one outside this locker room believes in us? What, what gives with that? Uh, I, guess the, I guess the motivation. It's a motivational thing for, for the team to kind of have something to kind of, you know, build off of throughout the week and prep for. Um, or I guess they listen to the media and no one likes the Patriots, so the Patriots have to, you know, consider them as a as an underdog. Or you know, so um, I don't know. I guess it depends on what that team, you know, theme is, you know, behind it. Everybody does that though. That that no one believes in us stuff. Um, do you believe in the Patriots? Do you think Tom Brady? Because he says everyone thinks he sucks. Do you think nah, he sucks? not at all. And I, I believe that he don't think that. I think it's. I guess the year that, you know, everyone was expecting him to have and the Patriots to be very, very dominant throughout the whole year. Um, you know, they had a little slump, you know, in the middle of the year where people were just talking bad about him. And no one expected them to be in the Super Bowl. Everyone expected the Saints and the Chiefs to be here. But uh, now they're here. Let me lay this on you. My theory is, is that there is, that no one wants to be, everybody wants to be the man. But people take the pressure off of themselves by saying no one believes in us because now you have some adversity because if you but but you ultimately want to be the one who's supposed to do it right like and so this is I, I think this push and pull of like you're taking pressure off of yourself by saying no one believes in us but ultimately um, the the key is to be the guy who wants the, to be the man in the big moment, right? Um, I guess you can say that. I, like I said before, it's the motive of what that person or what that team is kind of basing that that motivation or that uh, adversity off of. 
Um, but, I mean, it just, everyone wants to be the man. Everyone wants to make the big play. Everyone wants to have the attention. Um, but it, I guess it just depends on that motive and the way you kind of figure out how that situation is going. Your draft class is really emerging as another great quarterback class. Um, you, obviously, the big rookie year until it got derailed there. Second year now uh, under your belt. What advice do you have for your draft classmate, Patrick Mahomes, as he'll go into his second year? What changed for you? What different looks did you see? I mean, the, I think the schemes, the way teams kind of prepare, you know, prepare for you. Uh, you know, it's going to be different looks each and every, every, every week. Um, but, I mean, he has an opportunity to continue to have his success, and I think he will. Um, he's going to get better. Um, he's going to be able to watch film just like other defensive coordinators are watching film, and uh, he'll be just fine. Do you ever think about, I love to play the what-if game. Do you ever what-if? What if I had been a Cleveland Brown? Do you ever wonder how uh, things might have shaken out had you <laughs> gone up there? Not at all. I mean, I'm, I'm blessed <laughs> to be in Houston. I'm, I liked I'm your not, reaction yeah. to that. <laughs> Cleveland. Dodged a bullet there. I mean, no disrespect to Cleveland, nah. but, I mean, Houston is, is for sure a better fit for me and, uh, and my family. And, you know, I'm blessed to be in a you know, city and organization that I'm in. I agree. It does seem like a great spot. Obviously, you have some nice pass catchers there. You wish they could have stayed healthy. The full gaggle of them heading into right. the postseason. Who knows what might have happened there. You guys look like a dangerous bunch. Um, one thing to consider, though, and, you know, you're pretty much the face of the franchise at this point, so I think you can call this shot. Why not suggest keep the name Texans but wear the Oilers' old uniforms? the powder blue isn't that a nice color better than what I mean, you the powder blue is definitely uh, a nice color hat. to wear but I think it's uh I don't know I'm not I'm not I haven't been in Houston long enough to be able to understand the Oilers and the Texans different look uh but from what I've known the Oilers owner moved to Nashville and became the Tennessee Titans that's right they so that's did. why they're the powder blue so they'd be kind of like Going back to that ownership you do instead it. of again, like, like I'm saying, Deshaun Watson, you can write your own ticket. Just announce nah, I, that that's <laughs> what we're doing. We're going powder blue. I mean, they, they don't. I wish know. if I had a pig, I go all red. I'm a red guy, so you I like, like the red. that red. Yeah, I like. You the know red. the name David Carr, of course. He's right. The first overall pick of uh, in Texans franchise history. We talk about you on occasion. Mm -hmm. Um, and he liked that all red get up too. Yeah. I, I, I think you're both wrong about that. Why is that? Because it, it just doesn't look good. So what's your color? That. I, 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 get, I think the, the best powder look blue? that you guys, yeah, the powder blue, but I like when you guys go all navy and then do those shoulder stripes. The navy, so nice the, the, the color wave type yes. navy, yeah. I, think I like that, that looks, too. Yeah, I think yeah. that looks pretty good. Right. Um, last question for you, Deshaun, is um, Clemson. I, I ask this of a lot of Clemson guys. You know, what happened there? Do you feel like you left some meat on the bone? I mean, that, that, the collection of talent um, that, was, that was gathered there, it seems like you guys should have scored about 211 points a game when I look at the offensive talent you guys You're talking about when I was there? Yeah. Or maybe just before you with Taj Boyd. Um, I mean, they scored a lot of points before me with Taj Boyd, them. And then when I got there, we scored a lot of points. But Sweeney's not the type of guy to kind of run up the score. We got a good lead. I mean, we're kind of gonna settle for that. We don't, you know, we let it, he he's a, he does a great job of letting the younger guys, especially the walk-ons, get playing time towards the end. So I guess that's how it goes. How, by the way, that is a funny thing. Uh, Dabo to Bill O'Brien. That seems like a pretty big swing in personalities right. for a head coach. Uh, it, it, I mean, it really is. But uh, you know, Ob kind of settled down a little bit. So. Uh, He's a great man, great guy to work with. Um, I love his family and love him as a person. Uh, we have a great relationship, so it wasn't too bad of a of a swing. Who um, who would be better at each other's position if you uh, played wide receiver and then Nuke played QB? Who would be better? Uh, I think I'd be better at receiver. Yeah. You do? No, nah, actually, nah. You don't? I don't know. So? I, don't th I think we both would be not where we where I'm at at quarterback and where he is at a receiver. You know, the hands that he got and the catches he makes is crazy and the throws. Uh, I don't think Hop, I think he can throw decent, but not the way I can throw it. 
and uh, and now the last thing is the AFC South at minimum the most underrated of all the divisions in the NFL because you guys keep putting two teams into the postseason. No, for sure. I mean, we usually going to have two teams in the postseason and great defenses and you know pretty good quarterbacks in in, in all of the uh, the lead and you know have a lot of receivers that can you know make plays so uh, we can compete with anybody. Um, are you sick of the Patriots, though? Is it time for something new in the AFC? Uh, I, mean, I mean, everyone is. So hopefully we can, you know, change that strip. You know, if not, you got to continue to give them respect. And, and let, I mean, they're doing what they do. But uh, until someone take it over, you know, you got to respect them. Was week 15 the tough one when you lost th- that game? That stood out to me, the, the Eagles game. That was the Eagles, yeah. Because then you guys would have been the two seed. Right, right. Patriots would have been on the road the whole way. I think uh, things might have shaken out uh, quite differently. I mean, it could have. That's one of those uh, what if situations. I like situations. the what if. That's yeah, what I like what to if do. for sure. I mean, uh, it could have been different, but we'll never know. We'll never know. Gold jacket or Lombardi? You can only have one. How many Lombardis? Just one? Just the one. Just one Super Bowl You can have ring? one Lombardi or one gold jacket, but not both. I'm going to have to go with the uh, Go Jacket. Ooh. Hall of Fame for sure. Spicy. Old yeah. spice. Uh, very nice. Deshaun Watson, what a pleasure. Thank you. Have a great week Appreciate out it. here. The great Deshaun Watson, everybody, and I mean it. The great Deshaun Appreciate Watson it. of the Houston Texans. You're listening to David All right, well, there you have it. There goes Deshaun Watson. There go three big-time pro football stars for you here in Atlanta, Georgia, in front of Super Bowl 53. Great thanks to Deshaun Watson and Jerome Bettis and our guy, Willie McGinnis, as always. Dynamite stuff. Again, make sure you watch his interview with Tom Brady coming up on Sunday morning in front of the Super Bowl on game day morning. We'll be back with another podcast for you later in the week. Maurice Jones-Drew and his radio partner, J.B. Long. Let's see if we can work out some, uh, maybe I'll throw some scenarios at them to help get them ready. It's not just the players that need to practice, the broadcast team too. Maybe we can cook up some fun scenarios to throw at them and then they'll have to uh, do the play-by-play and analysis around that. All right, we'll see what else happens. I don't know what. Uh, All I know is good times here in Atlanta so far. Make sure you check out the Sheck Report from Monday night at uh, at um, opening night, great fun talking to Brady and Gronk and Wade Phillips and so on and so forth. Lots more good stuff to come. Follow all of it, nfl.com slash ddfp. And until the next time, it's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, watch it now on digital. Rated R.